All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be an interesting conversation today, guys. I can't get enough conversation on the show about the new way to think about, the new way to approach sales in the modern business world. And I'm going to keep on having these conversations because it is very, very important that we do that. So going to be a great way to kick off the week. Say hello to my guests. Their name is Tim Brown. He is the founder of 3Creative. We're joined by Dan Streeter. He's an award-winning educator. And together they are the co-authors of a new book, Old School with New Tools. Tim, Dan, welcome to the show. Todd, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Uh, the pleasure is mine, gentlemen. Thank you for making time to uh, join us. Uh, looking at your uh, resumes, you guys are involved in an awful lot of things, so I know you're very busy. I appreciate you making time to join me. Uh, Tim, uh, before we get into the conversation around the book, Old School with New Tools, take a few quick seconds and inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Oh, thank you. I spent the first, I guess most of my life has been you know, both an entrepreneur working for larger companies in the sales side of it, and then also as an entrepreneur as a CEO for 11 years with various broadcasting properties in the radio business, a large format printing company. And really, it was, it's been a, a lot of fun. Most recently, I am with 3Creative, and I've been here now for almost four years, and it's really about uh, uplifting leadership solutions that really range the the gambit on things. Outstanding. Dan, uh, take a few secs and tell us about you and your background. So I'm an educator. I was a former high school teacher and uh, turned principal. I also had an experience as an entrepreneur where I went out and ran a uh, temporary employment service that was pretty successful. And so <clears throat> we had uh, I designed or created a learning solutions company that was really a curriculum design company about two and a half years ago. And, uh, and that's taken off. And that's how I actually connected with Tim was through that curriculum design program. So the workshop components and, of course, components of the book are the pieces that, uh, that, that my primary contribution comes from. Got it. All right. So the book, Old School with New Tools. Tim, give us an overview. Uh, tell us about the book and its mission. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with the book, what we are, are really trying to do is how do we help the sales professional as it relates to precision and mastery of the small things? You know, our belief is that the, the difference between being ordinary and extraordinary in sales is only 5% more effort. And you see that we use all throughout the book, Dan and I talk about martial arts as an example. The difference between going to the board or through the board is only 5% more power in karate. And what we've tried to do with old school with new tools to get that 5% more power 
is we bring in all of the old school consultative sales methodologies that are those tried and true relationship building tools that you know many of us have been taught for years. And the underlying principle of the book is rule number one of sales, people buy from people they like and trust. And whether we realize it or not, we're either building trust or losing trust at all times. And many times it's through things that we're not even aware of. And by taking in all of the, the old school, again, consultative sales methodologies that allow us to always be serving our customers, what we then do is use that as the operating system, think of in a computer sense, we then overlay all the 21st century digital tools that are available to us, many of those completely free in today's world, and we really walk our reader through how do you use these tools most effectively to where you can amplify your communication, you can accelerate your urgency, and therefore activate more trust. And so that's really the overview of the book, but there are 250 tips throughout the book that are very much dirt under the fingernails, non-platitude, things that you can do to really get that extra 5% more power. Oh, gosh. If we could remove all the, quote, platitudes from Amazon, the, the server, we just need one server. <laughs> and Dan, on that subject, and I ask this question of all my, I interview an awful lot of authors. So this is, I'm not picking on you guys. I always ask this question because it yields some interesting insights. Uh, but uh, as we just alluded to, if you were to search for a book on sales on Amazon, there would be tens of thousands of, of results. So why why, including mine, so I'm, I'm, I've added to the noise. I, I, explain to me why the world needed this book. What's, what's different and unique about this one uh, that makes it worth people's while? I think that uh, the world of sales is vastly different now than what it was even 10, 15, 20 years ago. And when you look at where sales was basically 20 years ago in the, in the 90s, we had two primary ways to contact our customer. That was with our phone and with our feet. And either we could call or we could show up, we could you know, attend a meeting, that sort of piece. And it was really the only two ways to reach our customer. Now, there are so many ways, I mean, literally dozens of ways that we can interact, contact, obtain information from our customers. And so our job now is to be able to figure out how can we go out and, uh, and make sure that we're reaching our customer in a way that really, really makes sense and is really powerful. And also, of course, is in alignment with who we are as a person and who we are in alignment with our brand. And so that's where the, the difference comes in because now we have all of these great 21st century tools and there are so many tools that are out there, especially as a salesperson, feels overwhelming. So we say, gosh, you know, rather than choosing anything, we're going to choose nothing. I read this uh, piece just, just yesterday that there were 100 billion downloads this past year of, uh, of apps that, uh, that we put on our phones. And 10 billion of those were related to the, to the sales industry. And so if we're, if we're doing 10 billion downloads out there, we know that, uh, that most of us should and, and, and those apps are available to us. Most of us just don't know what to choose in order to really make it effective in respect to the sales environment. Hmm. 10 billion downloads of sales related apps. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's mind boggling. Let me ask you guys, I'll ask each of you to comment on this. Uh, what's the bigger challenge out there? What's the bigger problem? Is there's still too much reliance on old school methodologies or is it the re extreme and that all we're trying to do is use these apps and we're obviously downloading a lot of them and we're, we're forgetting the old school lessons. I, I think what we're saying here, and correct me if I'm wrong, there, there is an appropriate hybrid model here, which is, I think, one of the points here. But what's the bigger challenge? I'll, I'll, I'll lead off with you, Tim. 
Well, Todd, you hit the hit it right on the head, which is it really needs to be a hybrid. You know, the reality is both schools of thought, if you will, are excellent. But in today's world, you need to be able to to really bring both to the table. And I think you see different generations that have comfort levels that are are more suited in one area versus another. And you know, as much as high-tech tools are able to do game-changing things for us, people still need to, to see you. They want to shake your hand, they want to look you in the eye, and they want to understand you know, how you show up in the world. Dan, any additional comment there? Absolutely. So I think that this is where we look at uh, the, the generational differences. I know for me, um, I'm sort of in that, that middle generation, the, the, the X generation, where now I can see kind of both sides of this, where we have a younger generation who's coming in and operates primarily you know, behind a screen. And they operate primarily through email and through texting and all those pieces. And then we have you know, the, a, a baby boomer generation out there that really likes the the face-to-face piece. And then we have everybody kind of in between as well. And I think that what we know is the old school environment is not going away. and the, But the new tool side is also not going away. And this blended environment is going to exist for some time to come. And we've got to make sure that we're embracing it. So we know how to do everything that, uh, that that's out there that our customer is going to need in order to be successful. Because this group of the newest entrepreneurs, not only are they the largest workforce, coming in and really in the history of the United States, but it's also the, the greatest technologically advanced workforce that we will ever have, that, that we've got um, in respect to the, uh, the United States workforce. And we better be ready to be able to match that. Before we go to break, who's responsible for making this, this blended change happen? Is it sales management? Is it the individual sales rep? I believe very strongly that every rep sells differently. They have a different approach, a different mindset, and they ought to have the ability, they ought to be empowered to go into the market the way that they're most comfortable and most effective. However, there's, there's, there's obviously a, a sales manager that, that's overseeing that. Who's responsible for making this happen? I'll, I'll ask either one of you to answer that. So I think you're, you're right. It's both. It is both the sales manager who has the who needs to be able to know the the individual salesperson how they sell. They need to know the product they sell, the environment they're selling to, the audience they're selling to. That sales manager has got to be able to put the right tools in the the salesperson's hands at the right time. From the salesperson's perspective, they need to be going out there and discovering those tools as well. And typically, we lock ourselves into one or two pieces, and we say, "Oh, those apps aren't for me. I'm really the you know just the straight up old school guy who goes out there and shakes hands." Or we say, "No, no, no. I'm not the old school guy who shows up at networking events. I'm the person who just does everything." via email. It just doesn't work that way um, in, in the world anymore. And so our job is to figure out a way to meld that, whether you're the sales manager or you're the salesperson, your job is to make sure that you're using both of those, those spheres effectively. Got it. All right. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the importance that 5% makes. So Tim, Dan, and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. 
They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right, I am back with Tim Brown and Dan Streeter, the co-authors of Old School with New Tools. So, Tim, I led a teaser before the break about how 5% more effort can make all the difference between getting good results and great results. That sounds a little strange to a lot of people saying it's just 5% is the make or break number. Walk me through that. <laughs> you know, again... Todd, a lot of it is the mastery of the small details that really make the difference between being ordinary or extraordinary. Let's look at, at Michael Phelps as an example in the 2008 Olympics where he wins a race by one one-hundredth of a second. And you think about all of the mechanics that went into that in the water, everything from how straight his arms were you know, when it was out for, before he started to stroke the type of, of cup that he was using with his hand as he went through the water, how much he rolled, you know, all of those things cumulatively added up to that extra 5% more power for him in the water. And you see that time and time again in professional athletes where people win by margins. And that margin is how well they train, it's how well they eat, it's how well they sleep, right? It's all these things that, that the mastery of the small details that give them that, that extra edge. Now, the difference in sales, there are no silver medals for coming in second place, you know, and that's the big difference. In the Olympics, if you come in second, you finish one one hundredth of a second behind, you still get a silver medal. Well, help me understand, apply this to a sales situation. So, I mean, I get the Michael Phelps thing. I mean, there's countless examples where, where <laughs> and with Michael Phelps' case, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands, of, of, of things that have happened to lead to that, that one one hundredth of a second. But help a, a sales rep who's listening to this understand what little mastery of the small things can have a profound of, a, impact. Because I, I worry they think they have to yeah. be thinking too big. That they have oh, to, no, no. It's a big fundamental change I have to make to be successful. And in fact, it's not. Help, help us understand what they can do. Sure. I, I'll give you three examples. Other than <laughs> buy your book. I mean, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three examples right off the top of my, my head. With respect to social media, we'll use LinkedIn. Most people use LinkedIn as, and we're going to talk about communication, urgency, and trust and just one specific example inside of each of those. Most people use LinkedIn as nothing more than a glorified area to show their resume and their contact information. Less than 5% of the people on LinkedIn use it to publish content. If you want to be seen as an expert in your industry, just start publishing content. And that can be SlideShare, that can be you blogging, you know, lots of different things. So very easy to, to do. When we talk about urgency... I keep every sales presentation that's generic on my phone so that if I have an opportunity and somebody asks me about what we're doing here with Dan and I on Old School New Tools, I can literally go on my phone, go into iBooks, and then email them that presentation right from my phone. doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't need to wait till I get back to the office. And so my heightened sense of urgency is accelerated because urgency has a half-life. And then finally, as it relates to trust and building more trust, you know, one of the things we talk about is how, how do you one-touch your email so that you can respond to things quickly, and how is it that you clean out your email box by midnight every night? Because it really shows people 
that you're on top of your game when you're getting back to them that same day. So those are three things right there in that 250 tips that we offer that are very practical, very easy to learn, use, adopt, and you know ultimately change your game with with practicing. So this isn't a this isn't a complete overhaul of how you approach business. These these are these are the small things. These are the little things that add up. That's death by a thousand cuts, right? If you if you don't do a lot of these things, well, then that's why you're falling short. Am I am I on the right path there? You're 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 so on the right path. I mean, Bruce Lee said it best. <laughs> he goes, "I fear the man who has done the same kick ten thousand times mm-hmm. more than." you know, fighting an opponent that has 10,000 different kicks. Right. Now, what we're trying to do is it's the precision and mastery of the small details. And it's not rocket science kind of stuff that we're talking about. Well, ask Ronda Rousey if one kick can make a difference. So, <laughs> so Dan, walk us through. I mean, I, I want to sit there and say that that all these apps, I mean, 10 billion downloads to cite your number, sh- shouldn't this make this easy now? I mean, I, I, I think... I think it's fair to say that the sales profession is probably more challenging today than it's ever been, right? You're absolutely right, primarily because the, the competition factor is so much is so much greater than it ever has been in the past. We truly live in a global environment, whereas, you know, even 20 years ago, some people would say, well, you know, we live in a, primarily it's a local piece, or even it's a regional or national piece. But now we live in a truly global environment where nearly everything that, uh, that we do can be outsourced to someone out there in the world. So now, effectively, we have 7 billion possible competitors that are looking uh, to be able to obtain our business. And the, the antithesis of that, of course, that we also have 7 billion possible customers as well that, uh, that we never had before. And so our job there is to be able to figure out a way to navigate those waters. So the problem with, with all of those potential apps that are out there is that there's so many choices. And so what we tried to be able to do in the book is to be able to narrow down the, the choices to, to, just, to just a few to be able to say, if you want to be able to do this particular item, let's say that we wanted to be able to clean up our desktop as a prime example. And we say, you know, we're just embarrassed about what our desktop looks like. Well, there's an app for that. It's called Belvedere. And Belvedere basically cleans up it cleans up those pieces. If you wanted to uh, take a look at an app that, uh, that, that allows you to be able to scan in business cards more rapidly and allows you to be able to connect through LinkedIn with your business cards. There's an app called Scannable that allows you to do that. CamCart is another one. So all we're talking about is, is just simple tools that, that we narrow it down to be able to say, here's a tool that you can use to be able to handle this particular problem that allows you to amplify your communication, accelerate your urgency, and ultimately be able to activate trust more rapidly with your client. Oh, great stuff. And, and I'm looking forward to the book to dive into all these new tools because every day there's a new, a new tool that I learn about that, that could have a profound impact on how I go about my day-to-day business. But I also, couldn't you make the case that the only book on sales you need could be a one-page leaflet that just says, treat people like, like a human being? And, and, and where do you draw the fine line between integrating all these amazing digital tools into your arsenal, but at the same time still recognize that there's a human being behind that avatar, that there's a human being behind that record on your CRM? I mean, I, I, I worry that we're thinking we can replace that treating humanity as the way we want to be treated because we think the tools are going to do all the work for us. Where do you fall? In, I imagine a lot of people fall into that trap. Yeah, Tim? I, I agree, and and that's why you need both. I mean, you ha- you have to be out and about creating personal connections with people. That's really where you de- you you develop rapport 
and trust with, with people in many respects is that human side to this. You know, that's why Dan and I in the book, we talk about, you know, this operating system that you run is an always be serving operating system. This is not transactional sales. This is consultative sales, right? Where you're, you're, you do the right thing when no one's watching. You always try and, and, and elevate your customer um, and, and anticipate their needs. You know, what can you be doing right now to, to see them in a better place? Dan, I think part of the problem is that there are so many tools out there. People say, ah, it's overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. I, how am I going to decide what the right one is for me? What, I imagine this is an important part of this book is helping winnow down the list of, of, of tools to, to the good ones that you guys have, have tested and, and leveraged successfully. But, but how do you begin that process? How do you begin to, to determine the right tools for you to use? I think one of the first things to do is to look at the, the biggest issue that you're having. So a lot of it comes from the reflection of how is it that I am finishing in second place? When I do finish in second, what is the biggest cause of that? And then what we do is then we try to be able to figure out, well, who is our audience? Who are the people that we're trying to be able to impact? Then we try to take a look at who are we as salespeople that, uh, that, that really fits who we are. And so in looking at all of those sort of reflective pieces, then we're, allowed to, then we're able to be able to discern, okay, if this is, the, this is the problem, then I want to go out there and find an app specifically for that. We have, on average, salespeople have about 44 apps that are on the phone. But most of us only use three primary apps to be able to actually create sales. One is their phone, one is email, and one is possibly texting. So we typically don't think of our phone as being a way to be able to actually promote sales or to be able to actually enhance our livelihood. And so I think one of the primary things we have to do is think differently about the technology that's in our hands. It is the most powerful sales tool that has ever been created. And so our job is to be able to figure out how we do, how we can actually use that tool to then go out there and impact our audience. Tim, I want to jump on something you said earlier that part of a great way to leverage LinkedIn is to use their publishing platform. And, and as you said, most people aren't doing that. And, and that extends to blogging, extends to building an email list and, and sending out content to a, a very targeted niche list of people interested in what you have to say. Most people suck at this. <laughs> most people don't do this. They don't take advantage of of, of the, the leverage that creating content brings towards building your authority as someone worth going to when someone has a need. <sighs> I don't know. I worry that a lot of sales reps that are part of a large sales organization in a large enterprise company say, well, my company's blogging. My company's putting out brochures and pamphlets and, and all that. And so I'll just leverage those. I, I, I'm a big advocate that every single individual sales rep, even if they're part of a large sales force in a large enterprise company, ought to be creating their own content. Do you agree? I do agree. Absolutely. Why do, we, why do, they, why do they resist that? You know, I, I think like anything, you have to get an orientation with it to where you feel comfortable with it. You know, I think if there is resistance, it's more because they haven't done it yet versus because they don't believe that the content that they're providing could be warmly welcomed by people. Well, I poke them in the eye when they say, well, I don't have, I don't know what to write about. Then I, I poke them in the eye and say, well, then maybe you don't really know this market. And so you shouldn't be selling here. And, and they get a little resistant. And, <laughs> but, but sometimes I'm out on the mark and sometimes they say, if they just think about it for a few minutes, they can come up with 40 things to write about. They just don't, I don't know why there's such a resistance uh, to creating content. I mean, it's, it, to me, that is the differentiator between most people in sales. The people I want to do business with are people who I have a, a clear knowledge 
in understanding that they are in fact an expert. They are in fact an authority in that in that whatever that solution is, and it's because they they produce content that that tells me so. And I and I think with within that, I think that what what's happened is our as our economies become more global, then more components of that economy have become commoditized, and so we don't necessarily look at the salesperson; we look at the price, and that's the key differentiator that that I can see is that I bring a set of expertise to the table that uh, that the other salesperson doesn't, and the way that I can demonstrate that is flat out through content creation. I think a lot of it comes down to our own self perception that oh gosh, you know, nobody necessarily wants to hear what I have to say, but it, but I'm telling. Yet there are people who want to know, and uh, and they want to be able to see you as an expert. They want to rely upon you because they don't know. That's what you bring to the table, and this is the key way to be able to differentiate yourself. Just look at your podcast. You've created this incredible audience because of the fact that you've gone out there and demonstrated your expertise, and you sought out other experts. Yeah, yeah, it's simple. I, I cheat. I, I, I. I interview guys like you, and that makes me look good. Uh, and I'm being very serious. I mean, that's part of the design of of what I'm doing with this whole radio network of mine is is, is informing and educating and entertaining my audience because I'm bringing them people such as yourself to share knowledge, and, and that makes us all better. So, all right, let's close on this subject, guys. Uh, when when someone listening to this says, "All right, well, five percent more effort can make the, or break my success in sales." I think too many say, oh, I just got to work a little bit harder. And that's not necessarily what you're saying. There's there there's an ability to work smarter here than working just harder. So, uh, Dan, I'll, I want to ask each of you to comment on this. Walk us through how you do that. So I think that you, you hit it right on the head. It is not about working harder. It's about figuring out a way to work smarter. You know, I brought up the example of Scannable um, a little bit earlier today. So I think about the amount of time that I spent entering business cards. I spent dozens of hours entering business cards in my business life. Then all of a sudden, this app comes along. The app, when I take a picture of the business card, it not only uploads it into my contact information, but it also allows me then to send information to my client says, hey, here's all of my contact information, including a LinkedIn request. Of course, within that LinkedIn request is all my content around, you know, that's demonstrated my expertise. So that one app, saves me, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of between two and four hours a week. When you multiply that over the course of a, of a year, we're looking at, well, probably, you know, 200 hours of time that that, uh, that that app has saved me. And so that's what we talk about working smarter, not harder. It's, a, it's just simply a, a small shift, a very small shift in respect to, to how I operate that allows for me to be so much more effective than I ever have been in the past. Tim, any additional comment there? You know, I like what Dan said. If I had to to just bring it down to one other side of it, it's just heightening your awareness, Mm -hmm. right? It's working on your emotional intelligence around awareness. And those are easy things to do. They really are. They may sound hard, but you just have to decide to do it, and that changes everything. And, and Dan, the, the two to four hours a week saved, over, and then you extend it over the year, I mean, that's game-changing to, to someone's ability. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that, that you have to use that found time to do more work. I, I would recommend you get some downtime, and that's good for the mind and the soul, too. So, all right. Well, gentlemen, uh, we could talk for hours on all of this stuff, uh, but unfortunately, we're running low on time before – I let you go. Uh, I'll ask each of you to, to share how you can be contacted. And then uh, if one of you will share where people can get their hands on a copy of Old School with New Tools. Tim, we'll start with you. Yeah, you can contact me at tim at 3cr8.com or 303-882-4631. 
All right, Thanks Dan, again, Todd. Absolutely. Dan, where can people find you, and then where can they get their hands on a copy of the book? Excellent. So they can contact me at dan at three, the number three, cr, the number eight, dot com. And my phone number is 720-544-3218. And of course, they can get the book at www.oldschoolwithnewtools.com. All right. And it's also available on Amazon. So Tim Brown, the founder of Three Creative, Dan Streeter, award-winning educator, and together the co-authors of Old School with New Tools. Tim, Dan, it was a pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Oh, God. Todd, this is awesome. Thanks so much. Great way to start off the week. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, that wraps today's conversation. Again, on behalf of my guests, Tim Brown and Dan Streeter, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. <laughs>